What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The music world moves fast. Want to stay up to date on the latest albums and get in-depth examinations with the artists? Check out Consequence of Sound, the podcast. Bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know, and much more. Subscribe to the series on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider, and let the writers of Consequence of Sound steer you right. Check it out at consequenceofsound.net slash podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, take a second before we get started to uh, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, whether that's uh, iTunes and Apple Podcast, Acast, Podchaser, Spotify, or YouTube, you can subscribe anywhere. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Consequence of Sound, and we'd lo- love to keep you up to date on all of those. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Steve Mason, who's got a brand new solo record called About the Light. Of course, you remember Steve as a founder of the Beta Band. He has had a fantastic solo career that's lasted long after the Beta Band. And his uh, newest one is no exception. It might be one of my favorite things that he's ever done. We're going to get the backstory on this record, how it was filled with uh, personal loss, but also lots of celebration. He's become a father. He's newly married. And a lot of that's went into what people are calling his most positive record. We'll also talk about its ties with uh, 60s soul and gospel and and even early pop radio. Of course, there's usually a political side, too, and, and, and that's definitely represented on this record with a song called America Is Your Boyfriend. He's saying some very important things that I so appreciate, and we're going to talk about those as well. And we'll talk a little bit about the beta band. They put out some reissues last year, and in fact, the, uh, the self-titled record will turn 20 later this year, so we'll get into that just a bit. But for the most part, it's all about this new record, About the Light. It's Kyle Meredith with Steve Mason. How you doing, Carl? My congratulations on About the Lights. Uh, you know, some people are calling this your masterpiece, and I think I might have to agree on that. Well, 
<laughs> well, that's uh, high praise indeed. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. I, I know that can sometimes be an odd statement, especially considering that you know this could be this album is quite a bit different than some of your back catalog. And I don't like usually when an artist mm. does a record, it's like this is my favorite record I've ever done, and that's it makes sense because it's it's you know the thing that yeah. you just spent time working on. But I mean, do, do you see it as a, in in any kind of comparison to the stuff you've done in the past? I think it's. I like to think it's just. A, it's just. Um, no, constantly moving on and constantly kind of um, creating a different type of energy with every record. Hopefully, and what I love about this record, full of positive energy, and it's. Um, you know, in terms of even the slow songs have got an energy about them, which is much more where my head's at at the moment. So it's just great when a record reflects your state of mind, and I guess that's one thing that you know people that do what I do are quite lucky that we. You know, we can get all that stuff out of our system and um, and reflect how we're feeling at the moment, and kind of almost reinvent yourself with every with every record. You know, but um, I, I absolutely love this album. I'm so proud of it, and it does everything that I wanted it wanted it to do. Yeah, I think um, you know, historically reflecting on something like stability seemed has seemed tricky for artists in the past. I was I just listened to a uh, uh, George Harrison, the self titled one from '79, for the first time, and that was his "I'm in Love and I'm Good" record, and it, it's yeah. to me, it's not a very good record but you seem to have skirted that whole thing like there's still an energy to this yeah i mean i think i learned a little while ago actually probably 20 years ago because i i i I suffered from depression for a long time and then and so i i decided i was going to hold off going on antidepressants because i was terrified that it would sort of change my songwriting mojo and take away what i what i wrote about so i sort of stayed (laughs) I stayed depressed and sad for, for way too long because I was terrified of that. But then eventually I, I thought, yeah, I can't take this anymore. So I went on them. And it doesn't, you know, having a, having, and I'm no poster boy for antidepressants, I still think, you know, you have to sort yourself out. But what it does do is give you a bit of breathing space. And, and within that breathing space, you find a certain amount of positivity. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't take away what you do. You're still, you're still an artist. You can still write songs, but it just changes the content of, of, of what you're writing about. And that, obviously is it's not a bad thing you know so i think um yeah i've been very lucky you know that i've gone rubbish you know <laughs> but there's still time though <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know it's, it's, <laughs> there's plenty of, there's plenty of time you know it does sound like because it's because some of the backstory as you're talking about this you know, you know there is uh, both uh loss and, and and life uh as i've read you know, you, yeah. you, you've had you've had a you've had a daughter, and congratulations on that, and got married, and and at the same time you've lost Thank family you. members as well. Mm. So so when you go into a record, I mean, all of that's yeah. building up. Does that actually kind of focus the direction that you want to take it in to say, you know, this is going to be a lighter record, and and I'll use the word poppier as well. Yeah, well, I think um, I think the thing is, I've I've always I've always had a deep love of pop music of of every kind of pop music, whether it's kind of manufactured, if it's good manufactured, I you know there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with really, really good manufactured pop music if it's a if it's a great song. You know, I don't mind a bit of that. There's room, there's room for that. You know, and then I love you know pop music like um, this, this, this. You know, I mean, I think the Sex Pistols. I mean, those were pop songs, really. A lot, you know, they, they were pop songs at the end of the day. You know, there's lots of different examples of of of, of dark, subversive pop songs and. Uh, you know, and avant-garde pop songs. You know, I've always loved pop music. I love a great chorus and melody uh, and, and, the, and the sort of three and a half minutes of slice of golden melody. It, it, it's an amazing thing. It, you know, if you can write something that can that can take people somewhere else for three and a half minutes, that's that's a hell of an ability. And so I think I've 
the, the, the more the strangely, you because know, the beer band was very was pretty avant garde, and we were not certainly not known for our pop songs, you know. So <laughs> I think that the, the older, so the older I strangely the older I've got, the more I've become interested in trying to write a you know really good pop songs. Most people do it the other way around. I mean, you know, the Beatles went from being the, probably the best pop music writers certainly uh, of their day if not of all time to, to to being more experimental and that's the way a lot of bands do it but for some reason I've gone the other way I don't know why you know bringing in uh, American soul and gospel into a record like this you know as furthering yeah. what you're already talking about where does that part come from you well I've always had a huge uh, American rhythm and blues and soul and, and blues and I think that I was really. I knew when we when I was working on these tracks that when when I was writing them and stuff that if I if I didn't add another element, then it was really just going to be a guitar album, and I didn't really want that. You know, I wanted I wanted more depth to it than that. You know, and when you when you put in a brass section, you know, a really great brass section like I, I was lucky enough to get, and uh, and my three backing singers that that I that I use, you know, it just it really adds a completely different dimension to the whole thing. Especially, I think, especially if you do it subtly and you don't overuse it. Because sometimes there's a tendency to kind of, if you've got access to these things, just to push that button all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and never take your finger off the button. <laughs> but I think if you use it in a much more subtle way, it, it comes in when you're not expecting it, and suddenly there's a whole other depth and a whole other level there. And I think also think that um, I just, I don't know. I think I, I, I mean, I've pushed myself personally on the vocals as well this time a lot more. I was trying to reach inside myself and find that little slice of soul that is actually in all of us, you know. But I think, yeah, I think um, it's always good to have a bit of help. And the brass section and, uh, and my backing singers uh, massively helped me yeah, out, yeah. I think it just adds a depth to the record that, um, that it would hugely miss if it wasn't there. When you take, you know, American Soul and Gospel and you throw pop in it, it, it sort of reminds me, of course, of uh, some of those 60s groups like the uh, the Ronettes and sort of a, yeah. lo- a lot of that genre and everything. Yeah. And and then you listen to a couple of these songs, like, you know, yeah. the, the first couple of singles, Stars Around My Heart and Walking Away From Love. It seems like it's kind of rooted in that tradition. And I'll, I'll bring up especially Stars Around My Heart, you know, there's a little love affair with the radio which, you know, a lot of those groups always did that I appreciate yeah. coming from where I am. Yeah. I mean, all, all, that, all that stuff, you know, all that kind of um, early to even to, to, to late 60s soul, soul stuff. You know, I mean, I loved like, you know, I mean, like the like, like for a good example, the later Marvin Gaye stuff, mm-hmm. when he gets a lot more kind of political and the, and the, and the sugar pop. It was like the as the kind of the revol, revolu, the talk of revolution and the civil rights movement swept through America towards, you know, later in the 60s, that whole appetite for the kind of pop soul music kind of kind of evaporated a bit and people wanted much more gritty, real stuff about what was really happening. And I find that, you know, that and that's, that's really exciting. That's really exciting when, when all that's dropped and you still have these incredible soul records, but they're, you know, much more dangerous and much more alive and much more speaking the truth and they're not hiding from anything they're not trying to you know you're looking behind the curtain and that's always a very exciting place to be you know i mean james brown obviously and um but as i was saying like you know the later marvin gay stuff when he's producing the records and the stuff it's um these are incredibly exciting records and just with so much power you know and not see- that i'm comparing what i'm doing to him of course <laughs> that, would, that would be insane <laughs> 
there's a uh, there's an easy uh, seg there, of course, with you know how the record starts out with "America Is Your Boyfriend." I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about taking these yeah. these, these great soul and, and pop sounds and putting it something that that's real and uh, you know, and of course, that's an interesting song, of yeah. course, to be you know because here I am in America and, and I feel like you know we are in a moment yeah. where we should be taking a long hard look in the mirror, but most of the time we're just squabbling and you know, and I don't know how that's going to affect the future, but with a song like this, I always find it really yeah. Interesting and sometimes even comforting to hear folks from outside of the country being like, folks, come on, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, that, well, that's good to hear because it ma- does make a lot of, of, of your fellow countrymen and women very angry when other people have a, have a look. But I think that, I mean, the, the title of that song is perhaps a little misleading, really. You know, I just, I had that title for a long time, America is Your Boyfriend, because it sounded like something that a kid would say in a, in a playground. Um, if you love America so much, why didn't you marry it? Right. That sort of ch- really childish thing. I think it, it, kind of come, it kind of comes from the sort of rubbish that we're always fed here in the UK about how there's this special relationship between the UK and America. And all that really means is that, our government is in bed with your government, and and I don't, and I don't think that that's anything to be proud of. Right. You know, I don't think. I mean, America has been marching around the world just like the just like Great Britain marched around the world during our little empire period. You know, and um, the, the, the these governments. I mean, certainly my government here in this country doesn't represent me. It doesn't represent my friends and the people I you know listen to and trust. You know, they, they don't represent us, and I don't want them to represent us. You know, they, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a false image. And, and I would imagine, you know, there's a lot of people that feel similar in America. You know, they're kind of disgusted by the way that, um, you know, your government and your military uh, represent yourselves around, around the world. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's, it's, it's a crazy time here in the UK at the moment with the whole Brexit thing. And, I mean, everything's, everything's completely in turmoil. The right wing... In, in this country is, is really being pumped up and there's a huge right-wing kind of rhetoric going on in the media. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, everyone's just, everyone's just so sick of it, you know? And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's very tricky. I mean, I wrote a whole, you know, political concept album called Monkey Minds in the Devil's Time mm-hmm. about two, about two albums ago. Um, you know, and I said kind of everything I really wanted to say about all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I suppose I personally, I've got to the point where I've stopped looking at the big picture now. You know, I, I, I just try and concentrate on my daily interactions with other human beings and try and make those as, as loving and as compassionate and beautiful as they can be. And so rather than letting the media constantly frighten me about what and telling me what I should be afraid of on a daily basis, so, so I'm constantly living in fear... I just think, well, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't want your propaganda coming into my head. I am going to create my own world and talk to people how I want to talk to people and have relationships in the way that I want to do it and treat people with respect and love and then see what comes back. And that's really important. Local, you know, just try and keep it local, you know, local politics and local relationship and take it from there, you know, and just try and build your own little world, which is uh, free from this, fear and paranoia which uh 
is being spread everywhere. I mean, you, you've, you've summed up my sentiments I- exactly, and I'm really happy that you've kind of said it the way you did because, mm. because you know, you, you, when you, mm. a lot of my favorite artists, a lot of my friends and, and, and favorite people in the world, you know, aren't from America, but I don't look at them and, and kind of put their government mm. In, mm. In, in their face, you know, or whatever. Just the same as I wouldn't want someone, yeah. to th- you know, yeah. for the first time meeting me just to associate myself with who's in the white house right now like that i definitely would not yes, want that to happen exactly. so so i really do appreciate kind of the, no, the angle you come no. at yeah i just think um we're just constantly given these enemies you know we're constantly given these these enemies all the time i mean it's just classic whether it's you know in the 80s it was it was it was russia and russia was uh fighting a war and uh, you know trying to take over afghanistan and the uh, the British and the Americans were fighting with the Taliban against the Russia against the Russians. Then the Russians cleared off, and the Cold War came down. And then suddenly we're fighting the Taliban, you know. And then uh, now the Russians are back again, you know. Uh, we so it's uh, back to the 80s right. again, you know. It's just like what the what the what on earth is is going on? All all just all this, and it's just you know. And and ultimately, everywhere you go, ultimately, it's always us that suffer. It's always us that suffer. We're the ones that go and die in these wars. We're the ones that are having pay cuts. We're the ones signing zero-hour contracts. We're the ones struggling to feed our kids, um, struggling to get good education. And, and we're constantly told, you know, look over here. This is, this, this is the problem. If we could only invade this country or if we could only do that, all our problems are going to be solved. And it's just a, it's just a fantasy. It's mm-hmm. a fantasy, you know. It's a fantasy. So, yeah, we need to look an awful lot closer to home for the for the real enemy, you know, um, and just respect and love each other more than anything. Because 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 your average guy on the street, no matter what religion, what color he is, or her, you know, they're they're not they're, they're not the problem. They are not the problem. Everybody everybody outside of the the elite is just fighting for survival. You know, everybody just wants the same things. They want a house. They want heat. They want food. And they want protection and, and they want a bit of safety and they want a nice environment to bring up their kids. That's all anybody wants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the other crazy lunatics <laughs> that want more and more and more. It's that Mr. It's that Mr. Burns thing. Right. When he says, he says, yeah, he says to Smithers, he says, uh, he says, Smithers, I'm the richest man in the world. I've got, I mean, a billion squillion pounds. And he goes, but I'd swap it all for just a little bit more. (laughs) 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 And and it's that that mentality, you know, that thing. At what point do you have enough, you know? And it seems that a very small section of our society, their greed is absolutely insatiable, you know, and so everybody else has to suffer. Anyway. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, no, it's like I said, we're, we're on the same track here. I appreciate that I really do. I will I will switch things to the to the bit of lighter, harder stuff here, uh, you know, to kind of close this out because yes. you know, um just to bring up the beta band for a minute, uh the self titled record now turns twenty uh this June and uh and I know you did the reissues and everything last yeah. year, which can lead to some obvious reflection for some artists and did that happen for you at all? Does does that have any influence on this album in that way? No, not at all. No. I mean um I put the beta band to bed in my head a, a, long, a long time ago. So no, I mean, not really. No, I mean, uh, it, it's something I'm immensely proud of. You know, we we were just like this huge sort of rainbow 
psychedelic rainbow streak across the sky that, that crashed into a mountain. <laughs> and um, there's something incredibly beautiful about that. You know, nobody changed us. We never, we never gave in to the, the corporate pressures that were surrounding us. And we spent every single penny that we, that we ever got hold of on the art, on, on creating that art. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm certainly really proud of it. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not into kind of, you know, going backwards. I'm sure at some point there'll be a time to look backwards and, and what have you, but, it, but it's certainly not, certainly not now. You know, yeah, I will say one thing about that record is, and I think you've you've said something similar before, is that you know everything changed really quickly after that record came out. Like that was the last one in the door for that era, or something like that. And 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 it was almost like that was the final record before even the industry just kind of you know flipped itself over and turned itself inside out. And and for whatever, I, I guess what I'm getting to is how we hear a record in the moment is usually also determined by the environment going on around that. So being able to kind of listen to it now with all of that context pushed aside like that and have it, 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 it just sounds like a very different record now than when I heard it, you know, in 1999. And I mean, I still enjoy it. We still play around the band here at uh, yeah. WFPK all the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess the environment for music is so so different now. It's it's that there's no money in in the music industry anymore at all. So the people that that are still in it and still surviving are generally they they're generally pretty good people because all the people that were making huge amounts of money they've all moved on because there's no money left in the music industry. So you're left with a lot of people that really really care about the music that's that's being put out. I mean, there's still a lot of corporate scumbags as well putting out absolute nonsense. But because the money's not there, I mean, like a, like a band like the Beatle Band couldn't exist now. It right. wouldn't exist. And I think that's what I meant by that comment that you brought up a, um, a minute ago. I, I think that there's just no way that record could be would be, could be made. It would be impossible. Nobody would put any money behind it. And that's really sad. You know, that 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 is really really sad because there should be room for every kind of art and music in you know within within an industry you know like the music industry there should be there should be every, every you know there should be everything you know and I, it just seems to be the spectrum of music i feel is just getting narrower and narrower and narrower i mean I don't, i'm not sure what it's like in america but here it's kind of just everything just feels very everything just feels horribly corporate or or totally diy so 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 people in bands who have day jobs and stuff like that. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Not, not everybody, you know, should be a rock star and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, um, you know, there used to be a thing in the UK called uh, called the Dole, which was basically like it was like income support. So if you, so, so if you didn't have a job... You could, you could. The government would give you like a basic living wage. You know, they would, they'd uh, put money towards your rent, and they'd give you sort of uh, enough money to buy, to buy food and stuff like that. And that was enough to live on while you were starting a band, or while you, or for anyone that was in, involved in any way in the arts, it was, it was, it was a godsend because you could, you could survive and do your art. You know, while you were, you know, while you were getting good at whatever it is that you were going to do, whether you're a painter or a sculptor or a musician or or a, or a filmmaker, or wherever it was, you you had the time and the breathing space to do that, and that allowed people from from poorer backgrounds to become artists. Um, but now that's all gone. So the art, really, in this country, it feels like it's kind of, especially music, it feels like it's kind of become the plaything for the the kind of sons and daughters of the establishment. Um, and I just think that's a very dangerous place for any art to be because 
Art should be a myriad of things, but one of the things that I think it should be is it should hold a microscope or a looking glass up to society and have a good look and a good look at that society and reflect it back at itself. And there's no way that the sons and daughters of the establishment are ever going to hold a, a magnifying glass up to them because they'd be looking at themselves in the mirror. So I think that's um, I think that's a very sad state of affairs. But you know. Art finds a way. Uh, it's all. There's always going to be music. There's always. It's always going to happen somehow. You know. So I don't think um, it's not all doom and gloom. But certainly, uh, certainly, I think it's it's it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I didn't actually know about that compensation, but. Uh... You know, I'm really happy it happened because, you know, some of my favorite music comes from your all side of the world. And I'm, I'm sure you're right that it wouldn't have happened without that. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate that. And I'll actually tie that in here to the record, too. Yeah. I, I so appreciate what you've done throughout your career. And I really do think this new record, About the Light, is, you know, probably one of the best things you've ever done. You're, you're still knocking it out, man. Uh, thanks. Well, I really, really appreciate that. Well, if there's any, um, any promoters out there listening to this, then uh, feel free to get in touch because I would uh, love to come back out play uh in uh, in america um you know maybe this year or next year at some point so uh, any gig offers greatly received man yeah <clears throat> we would love to have you steve thank you so much uh for taking the time to talk yeah, and again you. congratulations on about the light my pleasure thank you thanks for talking kyle speak to you soon all right take care bye take care bye-bye bye a big old thanks to steve mason the record is called about the lights really appreciate all that conversation right there uh, hey, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. Again, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, there is a subscribe button there. You can check us out on Spotify, on YouTube, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. We can also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. Get all your music and film news at consequenceofsound.net. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.